0: Tracking sport across the southeast.
1: sports beat extra.
2: We've worked very hard on, on fitness and um, and the running game. That's
0: what kind of led me to, to want this dream of being a, a racing driver. There's
3: no point in time and anything except standards of excellence.
1: We will deal with the Titan Cup. If we're in it, and we'll, we'll certainly give it every bit of respect. There's no feeling that beats playing for Ireland. Oh
0: my God, I want to do everything that is possible to bring us there. This is Sports Beat Extra. Good
3: evening, and welcome along to Sports Beat Extra. I'm Andy, and here's what's coming up on the show today. As the clock ticks closer to Ireland versus Scotland, I'll be joined by Aidan Delaney to discuss the performance against South Africa and tonight's crucial clash with the Scots. But before that, I caught up with Jasmine Masongill and Maya Clark, who are the new signings for the SETU Waterford Wildcats and have made the journey all the way from the USA to play their rookie year here in the Southeast. Five counties, one big sports show
0: Sports Beat Extra.
3: And I'm delighted to be joined by the new signings all the way from the US of A, Jazz and Maya. Girls, welcome along. How are you finding Waterford?
0: It's pretty good, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty.
3: Yeah, what's your favorite thing about the city? Would you say?
1: Uh, my favorite thing, I like the quietness. It's very quiet. I grew up in the city where it's extremely loud all the time, even in the middle of the night. But I like the peace
0: and quiet here so far. And jazz? It's definitely peaceful. You know, I think my favorite part about it is like the wall art. That when I'm walking down the street, I like looking at it and taking pictures of. it.
3: Yeah, and you grew up in Illinois, Maya. What was that like?
0: Um, it, was pretty, it was
1: pretty cool. My dad lives towards the city and my mom lived in the suburbs. So I got um, a little bit of the city life and a little bit of the suburbs life. So it was pretty nice. I grew up in a nice area, a good neighborhood. It went to a good school as well.
3: Cool. And Chaz, you grew up in one of the best named places, Chattanooga <laughs> yeah. in Tennessee. Tell us more.
0: Yeah, it's a little different, you know, it's kinda hard getting out of Chattanooga being that it's a very small city. Um, but it's it's a very beautiful city, um, very country. So yeah.
3: And what made you want to come to Ireland to play with the Wildcats?
0: Yeah, so um basically, you know, I was talking uh to different countries through my agent and we decided like for my rookie season, like Ireland would be my best fit. Yeah. Mine?
1: Similar to jazz, um, basically I felt like this would be be the best for my rookie year and um it's my first time out of out of the country so I felt like I've heard really good things about Ireland I know I feel my family members have actually been here they like it's very beautiful here so I was very excited and looking forward to coming here and they were right
3: great and what would you say was your first memory of playing basketball
1: Uh, my first memory was when I was in first grade and no one was really good yet because we're young And we weren't allowed to steal the ball from each other, but the ref got on me, like, a couple times because I just kept stealing the ball because I just wanted to score, just being uh, super advanced for my age and stuff, yeah. Yes?
0: Um, Yeah, you know, I started playing, like, when I was three. So um, I played up on my brother's, like, co-ed team, and I was trying to shoot on the wrong basket, and, like, everybody was screaming at me because I'm, like, you know, I'm out here trying to get buckets. Like, why are y'all screaming (laughs) at me? But it was the wrong goal, so... <laughs> <laughs>
3: so both into it from a very young age but did you have a favorite player growing up that made you really choose basketball as your sport
0: yeah on the men's side it was definitely um, Kobe Bryant and on the women's side it was Candace Parker uh, mine for sure
1: um, has been Kyrie I-, I actually not only as a player but as a person himself he stand up for um his rights and all that stuff and everything going on. He, he really he's really into what he believes in and I admire that about him. But as a basketball player, he has crazy handles. Um he's very different from everybody and um what he does is something different and I really enjoy watching him play.
3: Maya do you have a moment that you're most proud of in your basketball career so far?
1: Oh the moment that I'm most proud of um Probably I'm a thousand point scorer in college. I think that was my most proudest moment. I it was unexpected. I didn't even realize that it happened until I got announced at a game, and it was a really proud moment for me. Just being at two different schools, two different experiences, going through a lot. Um, it's it's kind of it's hard to get that at the collegiate level. So I was extremely proud of myself for getting there.
0: Um, I would say my senior year, um, I was at Kentucky and we beat South Carolina. And at the time, they were ranked number one in the country and we beat them. Um, it was a crazy comeback, crazy feeling. we went through a lot as a team that year. So it was a beautiful feeling to win a championship. And
3: is the atmosphere in the basketball in Ireland much different from the atmosphere in basketball in the States?
1: Yeah, I can say for sure, especially the physicality level. Um, I really think that a lot of the foul calls here would probably be, like I think a lot of people will be fouled out if they played in the States. I think it's a lot more physical, but, you know, we're just getting used to it, and
0: it helps us work on our skills more as well. Yeah, I agree with Molly. The physicality level is um, way higher here, um, and also, like, the training is not as brutal. Um, you actually get time to yourself and can make your your schedule. is not – You know, training two or three times a day on top of going to school, on top of study hall, on top of community service, like, it's just one thing, so.
3: Well, basketball is a growing sport in Ireland, so do you think that your move will maybe encourage more players from the U.S. to come across if you find it that it's good here?
1: Uh, Yeah, for sure, especially... um if it's a lot of players from the U.S. who are looking to see how it is and have their first experience I think definitely Ireland is the place to come and play to get a good feel of things and see if this is something they want to continue to do for a certain amount of years
0: yeah I have a lot of good things to say about Ireland so you know I would I would definitely you know encourage them to come here and like the people of Ireland as well like y'all are very welcoming so um yeah, just for learning experiences wise too, I would definitely suggest that they come to Ireland. It's
3: good to hear that you're settling in well. <laughs> Get down to the deep stuff now. If you could change one rule in basketball, what would it be?
0: Okay, um, okay. American basketball, I would say the that um, we call it the hot stove rule. Like, I can only put my hand, I can only put one hand on you for like a split second, and as soon as I put it back up, there's an automatic foul. And that's crazy because, like, what? Like, now you're really touching them. Like, why can't I do that? So I would definitely say that because that's just insane.
1: Oh, yeah. Um I think this is, this is not for the professional level, but I think in high school, I think they need a shot clock in high school because I, like th- teams will have the possession of the ball for, like, two minutes, and I'm like, that's ridiculous. Is it? I think high school should have shot clocks, and it also help them for when they get to the college level instead of, like— because when I got to the college level— I, the very first couple games, I didn't even look at the shot clock. I was I was still confused by it, but now I'm used to it. But I think high school, there definitely needs to be a shot clock.
3: The girls then spoke about the big win against Meyer and what fans can expect from the season ahead.
1: Yeah, for sure. We got a big win last week, and I think that we just need to keep pushing our uh, foot on the pedal, keep playing hard, oh, no matter who the team is or the competition is. We need to come out and be our best selves at all times.
3: Yeah, you mentioned the big win against defending Super League champions, Glenn Meyer. How important was that for both of you as new sign and then just for the confidence of the team going forward?
1: Oh, I felt like that was a really good win for us. Um, we've been hearing about them a lot since we got here, how they're, they've been one of the top teams in the conference for a couple years now. So it felt good that we got um, that win under our belt, especially the first game as well. So um, I think we did pretty well and um, just got to continue to do what we're doing.
0: Yeah, i um, will say big confidence booster. Um, not just to us, but to our teammates as well. Um, you know, they this is our first year here, but it's not theirs. They've probably been playing against Glenmire. They probably lost to Glenmire, and that's probably the only team that Glenmire, Glenmire, Glenmire. So it's like, you know, I feel like that's a big confidence booster to them so they know, like, like where we measure up to. Like, we are good. Um, we do have the players and the talent that we need, you know, to be able to beat anybody here. So,
3: And guys, what would you say then, to fans that are coming down to the game particularly maybe the younger girls that are involved in basketball
1: uh, i would say that we appre- appreciate everyone that's going to come and we realize that you guys are taking the time out of your day and you're paying money to come watch us play so we're going to give you guys a show we're going to give it our uh, our best give it our all we're going to get the w forgot for you guys to make sure that um, you coming to the game was worth it and hopefully. We just keep building from there. Have keep having people come back each weekend.
0: Yeah, and just kind of use it as an um, experience level as well. Um, If you do have dreams and aspirations of playing in a higher league, I mean, you can learn something. I learned a lot from watching players like that came before me and older players that were way better than me. So yes, have fun. Um, Also, if that's just what you want to do, also you can learn a lot from it. Sports Beat Extra. Beats one hundred two, one hundred
3: three. It was great chatting to Maya and Jazz. And the Wildcats have had an excellent start to the season with two wins from two, and they take on cholester on the road tomorrow at 2pm. I'm delighted to be joined now by Aidan Delaney as we switch from basketball to the Rugby World Cup.
0: This is Sports Beat Extra.
3: So Aidan, I have to start with the Trojan encounter against South Africa. I was over in London myself watching it, and I don't remember the last time there was such intensity, both on the pitch and from the fans watching. What did you make of it?
2: Yeah, I mean the heart rate is just about slowed down now, and we're nearly two weeks on. Like it's, it was just an incredible game, and it was two sides just at the top of their games at the minute. You know, two sides who really wanted to win that game. There was no kind of there was a little bit of a sense leading up to the game that it might be a bit of a, a damp squib in the fact that both sides know the bigger tests lie further on down the line, and these two sides might again meet in the final as well. So there might have been a bit of the old kind of meeting in the league in GAA where you know there's going to be a championships battle between these two sides and they might throw out a couple of dummy teams and that there was none of that on Saturday. It was just two sides who wanted to go at each other, who wants to get the victory, who wanted to show their dominance and superiority and Ireland just about managed it in the end. We have to say we probably got a little bit lucky given that, I mean, our South Africa rather left an awful lot of points off the board and, um, Not having a a kind of recognized kicker did help us in the fact that, you know, we gave them an awful lot of scoreable penalties and they just didn't take those opportunities. But at the same time, Ireland only got a few opportunities themselves in the game and they took those. So I think Andy Farrell has to look at that game and just see that we've come through a massive test there. We've beaten South Africa the last two times we've played them now. And, you know, we came away mostly unscathed on the injury terms. It was pretty much a perfect performance for them
3: you mentioned it, that just kind of collective efforts, Bundyaki and James Lowe really excelled again how important is it, I suppose, for the backs to be seen putting in that defensive shift as well when you're playing a big physical side like South Africa?
2: Well, yeah, I mean, it's it's an area that of concern for Ireland for the last couple of years was the fact that we had an awful lot of this great creativity in our back three, and yet we didn't really get the defensive solid, solidity that we've always been looking for. It's something that Keith Earls brings to his game. He might not always be, you know, kind of on the end scoring tries. He's got a great try scoring record, but the reason you get, keep a Keith Earls in your team is because he is a defensive leader And somebody who can come in off his wing and really add to that defensive line. Somebody who's a bit more free-flowing, who's a bit more of an exciting attacking player is James Lowe. But James Lowe, like you say, he was really somebody that the South Africans were going to target in a game like that. They know that he can kind of jump out of the line a little bit, that you can kind of just get in behind them. But he kept his defensive solidity and, and really had a discipline in his performance that I think will really, really impress Andy Farrell. I mean, it wasn't really ever going to be a free-flowing game that would show the best of Lowe's attacking talents. Um, but he certainly stood up when counted and, you know, has been really, really putting in like i say a disciplined performance maybe he's not you know scoring a hat trick of tries every single week but he's been somebody who's always there available for a pass while also being somebody who can really really make that i mean that tackle i think it was on Etzebeth was an absolute killer you know it was something a real momentum shift in that game as well managing to keep them up and get that penalty out for Ireland which really not only was it a momentum shifter but it just showed a bit of belief in Ireland and and just showed them that you know these lads are, are big and physical but we can you know stand up to that as well while also playing our own game and managing to get in with that uh, Hansen try later on and Bundy Yaki I think I said it when we were previewing the game he's probably been the player of the tournament so far I mean Pretty much in every game, you could probably say he was player at the match. And, you know, again, he's come into this tournament. He's ha- you know, He doesn't have a great kind of memory of playing for Ireland in World Cups, obviously with that red card that kind of damned us a little bit in 2019. And an awful lot of people were asking him about that in the lead up to this game. And he said, listen, I've just put that out of my mind. I don't want to think about that anymore. I'm just focusing on this tournament. And when a player kind of says that, you just kind of think, those are the platitudes you have to say to kind of make yourself believe in that. But Andy uh, Bundyaki looks like somebody who really does believe in what he's saying, and he's really putting out his performances on the field as well. And I mean, coming up to the Scotland game, he was the one of the, one of the players put up for media this week, and he was talking about his, his kind of opposite number in the twelve and thirteen for Scotland. But they'll be very much thinking about him and how can we stop him because not only has he been you know a, a defensively solid very like James Lowe, very like everybody in that Irish backline. But he has been an attacking threat as well and that kind of break in the South Africa game where he you know, made it 50 metres and just about got caught before he made it to the line. That just shows that he's you know, not finished in the attacking fronts either. And I think if he can just manage to get a big try here on Saturday, I think it'd be you know, a real crowning glory for him in this pool stage. And hopefully he has another couple of heroic moments uh, going on in the tournament too.
3: Yeah, he really does seem to be firing on all cylinders at the minute. On that South Africa game, they missed several, you know, scorable kicks, shall we say, from the tee. Would you expect Pollard maybe to come back into the Springboks lineup should they qualify for the quarterfinals?
2: Absolutely. I mean, they're basically already through and, you know, very interesting to hear from Razi Erasmus this week. He's really been turning up the pressure on both Scotland and Ireland saying, listen, lads, we're already in you know, the, the quarterfinals, it's all down to you 2 at this stage, so they know that they're kind of home and dry, and Andre Pollard came back in for that final game against Tonga, and South Africa weren't that impressive in that game, obviously they got their bonus point, and they, they did what they needed to do, and you know, the kicks were a little more uh, solid from them in that game, but they're certainly not the finished art article just yet, and we know particularly when it comes to those latter stages in World Cup finals, I mean, think back to uh, Johnny Wilkinson back in 2003. I mean, kick every single kick when you get to you know a World Cup final, a World Cup semi-final is going to be crucial. So it's kind of bizarre that South Africa have come into this tournament and don't have uh, an absolute recognised kicker. Pollard is probably their best, but again, he's only played something like about an hour's rugby since like March, so he's coming in a little uh, off the pace, a little bit. They're going to have to protect him and kind of keep him out of the firing line in kind of the opposite way that Ireland do with Johnny Sexton Johnny Sexton will be out there up front leading the line Andrew Pollard will have to sit back in that pocket a little bit more and just be protected because they know that his kicking skills will will get them further in the game than you know, the, the likes of Manny Libox kind of uh, off the cuff running style
3: As we look towards maybe those quarterfinals France and South Africa possibly then Ireland looking at playing New Zealand if we get the job done tonight it's almost crazy to think that those four will now face each other in at the quarter final stage when they're probably the four favorites really to to go on to lift the trophy
2: yeah it's it's a bit unusual i suppose you you come to a World Cup and you want to see the best teams face off against each other, and then you kind of look at the quarterfinals and you go, well I don't want them to face off just yes, so I want to get to a, a semi final stage where you know we're guaranteed to have two of the best sides in the final, but uh, it's just A case of Ireland taking on New Zealand as it looks like and New Zealand haven't been up to their usual kind of best over the last couple of years. We know that they've been struggling off the field a little bit. Ian Foster is under an awful lot of pressure. He's going to leave after the World Cup. So there might be a sense that, you know, this is a last chance saloon for an awful lot of these players. Um, just coming into the game tonight, Sam Kane is back in for them. So he's obviously an inspirational leader, their captain off the field, and has been, you know, a little bit struggling with his injuries for the last little while. But then Sam Whitelock will become the the most the player with the most World Cup appearances. So that's the you know kind of experience that Ireland can't buy uh, coming into a game like this. So. Yeah, I think it's it's very interesting to see that two of the best sides probably will go out in the quarterfinal stages. And then the tournament opens up a little bit for the rest of the teams. And you look on the other side of the draw, England, we thought, might struggle a little bit coming into this tournament. They're starting to, to really find their form a little bit. Wales have been absolutely transformed when you think that, you know, just a couple of months ago, their club players were basically revolting and an awful lot of their, you know, the likes of Alan Wyn jones and, and Rhys Webb, they had retired kind of out of protest more than, you know, that they were finished with the international game. And yet Warren Gatland has come back in there. You know, we've had our, our run-ins with Warren in the past, but he's certainly the man for Wales rugby. And they're starting to show a bit of form as well. So, you know, it, it's going to be interesting to see who gets into those semi-final spots. And, of course, you know, it's the great glass ceiling of Irish rugby is this quarter final, And if we can just manage to get over that, I think the tournament just might open a little bit for us. And like I say, it could be South Africa waiting in the final.
3: And then focusing then on, obviously, the big game tonight against Scotland. Scotland are coming into the game as underdogs. Ireland obviously coming in as number one in the world, clear favourites, kind of off the back of that huge win against the Springboks. Does that added pressure maybe give... The potential for Scotland to try and catch Ireland cold.
2: Well, it's it's one of those games where you have to get the calculator out, and I'm sure everybody has seen the the famous image going around now of all the different permutations of what can happen for Ireland to go out at this stage, which seems bizarre when you think you know we've beaten the reigning champions, we're on a 16 game winning streak, we are the best team in the tournament right now, and yes, one loss tonight, and that means we could be out. But it, it basically, to kind of simplify it, any kind of win for Ireland and even a draw will do it for them. So they know that they're you know, in the better position coming into this game. They just may need to make sure that they don't have any kind of late slip-ups and you kind of allow Scotland to get in. We're 8-0 against Scotland in our last eight games. So, I mean, we have a winning run against them too. I mean, you have to go right back to the, the famous bus game in, in Edinburgh where the bus broke down and Ireland ended up losing that game. So that's that's an awful long time ago now that was back in Joe Schmidt's time. So this is definitely a new Ireland and a uh, different Ireland from that one, which, you know, was caught in the hot by Scotland. So you'd have to make Ireland favourites. But Scotland, they like being the underdogs. They like being the team that's, that's going to be underestimated. Finn Russell absolutely lives for that. So he's going to be the man to watch tonight. And if Ireland can just manage to keep him quiet a little bit, It'll certainly kind of halt the the production line for Scotland because once they get the ball out to the likes of Duan van der Merva or blair Kinghorn I mean they can absolutely light up a stadium and Again, if, if there's plenty of French fans in the Stade de France tonight, I mean it's it's going to be very interesting to see who they're going to back because it, I think they know that Ireland are probably a bigger threat. But just watching Scotland rugby sometimes can be absolutely thrilling, particularly uh, when they played France in the in the warm up game and, and managed to get that massive victory for them. So. You know, Scotland know that they can take scalps and, you know, it's it's all up against them tonight. But I think you have to make Ireland favourites. And I think that Ireland know that any kind of victory tonight will do it. So even if they need to sneak by by one point, they'll take that.
3: 100%. Uh, two changes to the starting 15. Ian Henderson comes in for James Ryan, who has a, a hand injury from the last game. And then Dan Sheehan in a hooker in place of Ronan Kelleher. that possibly to address the line-out issues that we really had in that kind of first half against South Africa?
2: Yeah, I suppose it is in the sense that uh, Ronan Kelleher didn't have his greatest game against South Africa, but I think South Africa knew to target the line-out, and Dan Sheen isn't you know, an absolute line-out operator himself. He's often brought on to a team because of what he can give you out the field. And he's certainly got the, the hands to be, you know, almost like a back player in that forward line. So um, I don't think the line-out issues will absolutely be fixed with Sheen coming in. But I think even if you look as the South Africa game went on, Ireland started to find their groove a little bit. And I think they won 12 of their last 14 line-outs in that game. So that's a really nice kind of figure to take in. And, you know, there was... South Africa were always going to target that line out in the game. And, you know, they they pull a few dirty tricks there. Paul O'Connell was pointing out that, you know, some of the things they did, maybe not in the absolute legalities of the rules, but they managed to get away with them. And I think Scotland will be a bit more fair. They'll be a bit more. And Scotland's own line out isn't always, uh, you know, 100% either. So it's going to be interesting to see. It's definitely going to be uh, an area of concern. But then when you've got somebody like Ian Henderson coming in as well, um, you know, he's going to be somebody who can call the line outs. He'll make sure that Ireland just get kind of sensible ball. There won't be any, you know, kind of trickery, I think, in this game when it comes to the line out. It'll be just make sure you secure a ball try to get them all going let's let's just kind of set ourselves up here and once you get a couple of those under your belt particularly early in the game you don't start to worry about those things anymore and like i say dan sheen will give us a bit more out the field he's he's got that kind of yeah he can go out into the wing and maybe just do a couple of dancing steps there and, and kind of get us over the line so i think it's it's probably not ideal i think you probably would like to have james ryan in there he's obviously a leader in that pack and but when you have somebody like Ian Henderson coming in, you know, the Ulster captain, he's not a bad replacement. And I mean, the only area of concern I think for, for Ireland coming into this game is probably on the bench. Robbie Henshaw is out now and, Henshaw kind of just has these these World Cups, 2015 and 2019. He both missed uh, two pool games in that in that in those tournaments as well. So he's going to miss two in this one too. So it's just becoming a bit of a tradition that Robbie Henshaw is going to be out and Stuart McCluskey is going to wear the number 23 jersey. It's no shame on Stuart McCluskey to say that it's it's a bit of a downgrade when you come to Robbie Henshaw, who can nearly play anywhere along that back line, and, and McCluskey will be a bit more of a, a specialized centre, but. Um, very interesting to see that Leinster are actually, uh, they have a pre-season game against Cast in Paris this weekend, which is very, very fortunate if, you know, you're the likes of somebody like Kieran Frawley, who might come in and replace Robbie Henshaw, who looks like his tournament might be over now. So maybe we might see uh, the red-haired Frawley coming back in and, and kind of joining the Ireland squad going forward. But I think at the end of the day, I mean, if... You know, Robbie Henshaw is our only injury concern for the rest of the tournament, we'd absolutely take that because managing your player loads and managing to, to get everybody minutes is a huge part of you know getting success in a World Cup as well and I think if we just manage to get any kind of victory tonight make sure that everybody's wrapped up in cotton wool and then we'll take on the big test in the quarterfinal.
3: Absolutely and you mentioned their leaders in the pack and strong at the line out so we, we couldn't leave it without mentioning Peter O'Mahony, the 10th player set to win his one hundred cap for the, uh, the green jersey and he's just been a great servant over the years really hasn't
2: he? He absolutely has and I mean you know we often talk about kind of going back into that mid-2000s team and the kind of impact that Paul, o- Paul O'Connell has and he's still having on this team obviously as the, as the forwards coach as well but Peter O'Mahony really took up that mantle and you know there hasn't been any sort of loss of leadership when you lose somebody like Paul O'Connell there could be a bit of a A gap there and a bit of an absence but Peter Mahoney has really stood up and there's been you know for Munster and for Ireland he's always done everything asked of him you know he's playing on one leg sometimes he's you know he's had to go out to the wing sometimes just to fill a gap and he's somebody that it doesn't matter what happens he's going to to give his one hundred percent in an Irish jersey, and you know he, he is that little bit of a a messer when it comes onto the field as well. I mean, his, his famous kind of uh, retort to, I think it was a Sam Kane in the in the New Zealand game a couple of years ago, where he told him you're you're just an sh1t Richie McCaw. I mean, yeah. you know, he's he's somebody who likes to get under the skin of his opponents as well, mm. which is really important in a game like this, and particularly. A few Scots might be mounting tonight as well. So, Peter O'Mahony is well able to give that back. And, you know, if he's fighting with them, you're not having to worry about what's happening off the field either. So, you know, he'll lead out the, the team tonight on his 100 caps. So... Uh, great to see him finally get the respect he deserves. And you, you think that maybe you know even after this World Cup, he's probably not finished yet. He's probably looking at some of the other uh, attendance records and and some of the other cap records and thinking, yeah, I'll, I'll have a go for some of those.
3: so if we count down then to the kickoff, Aiden, what are your predictions for the game tonight?
2: Um, I think it's going to be interesting to see how Scotland approach it. I think they'll probably want to come out of the, the blocks really firing and, and trying to get a couple of early scores on the board just to kind of put a few doubts in Ireland's mind. So that's what happened with the, the South Africa game as well. South Africa really took over at the, the first kind of 20 minutes of the game and Ireland conceded a little bit. But Ireland were conceding in that game without ever kind of allowing total domination. Do you know what I mean? So it's it's. I think Ireland are kind of sensible enough to know that we're never going to take over a game for eighty minutes. Let's have Scotland, you know, tire themselves out a little bit. Let's make sure we're defensively sound. Kinda of keep to within maybe a score or two inside the opening twenty minutes. And we know that when we're coming up to half time, that, that crucial period just after half time that could be the time when Ireland start to strike a little bit and if you do give Scotland the opportunity to, to play out in open field, they'll definitely try to hurt you a little bit, but that means they'll also leave a couple of gaps. So I think Scotland will really go hard for the first kind of couple of minutes. I think Ireland will probably strike back with maybe some sort of counter counter rook, maybe, you know, an intercepted try, something like that to just kinda of remind Scotland of who they are and and I think Ireland will just sneak away with maybe a three four point win. <laughs>
0: Sports Beat Extra. Beat 102, 103.
3: Let's hope they can get one over on our Celtic cousins and make it to those quarterfinals. I'm Andy, thanks so much for joining me on tonight's Sports Beat Extra. Beat Anthems is up next, so don't go anywhere.
0: This is Sports Beat Extra